Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 12 of the Parenting Aces Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and we are proud members of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us. We have with us this week Dave Mullins from the Intercollegiate Tennis Association, the ITA, and he is going to bring us up to speed on all the things that the ITA has in the works, new initiatives that they are implementing, and we're going to touch briefly on the NCAA tournament coming up in a few weeks here. That is a combined tournament for all Division One, Two, II, and Three players and schools. So, Excited for y'all to hear what Dave has to say. The ITA has some really, really interesting stuff on the horizon, and I'm thrilled, as always, to chat with him. Before I bring him on, though, just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, we'd love for you to become a premium member of Parenting Aces. Just go to our website, parentingaces.com, click on the Join button, and it will take you through the easy-peasy steps to make that happen. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Dave Mullins of the ITA. Hey, Dave Mullins, so good to see you and get you back on the podcast. Um, it's been several months and there's so much going on at the Intercollegiate Tennis Association. I can't wait for you to fill in our audience. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, no, always great to be on with you, Lisa. I was thinking back to our, our first podcast many years ago when I was struggling <laughs> to get a line from, from Dublin. I was struggling with the... Uh, with the internet connection and all the yeah. rest of it, but we've come a long way. You've got this great background. I'm back in America. And um, yeah, like you said, got lots going on at the ITA. I know you've had several staff members with Danielle and Tim on recently. So hopefully your audience isn't getting tired of hearing from, from the ITA. Well, you know, given that for most junior tennis players, playing in college is the goal. It's the carrot. And I think we can never share too much information about what it means to work toward that goal, what needs to happen along the way, and then what it means once you've attained that goal. You know, what is college tennis? What's involved? Um, what is the role of the parent? What is the role of the 
player? What's the role of the junior coach once once the player's in college? So there's so many different facets that I don't think we can ever run out of things to talk about when we have ITA folks on. And um, I'm very appreciative that you guys are always so willing to, to have conversations with us. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about, which I think is super cool and something that our audience may not know the ITA is involved in, is the Collegiate Wheelchair Championships that just took place at the USDA main campus in Lake Nona. Um, fill us in, Dave. Like mm. what what prompted the ITA to create this event? How many participants did you have? How did you recruit players? How is wheelchair tennis functioning on college campuses? Um, lots of info. Well, firstly, I need to be clear. We, we didn't run the event. The USTA ran the event. They've been running it for several years out in Lake Nona. This is our first year having any interaction really with it whatsoever. I was out there for a few days. One of our marketing team, Zach Pullman, was out there covering the action. And and really, both of us and all our staff trying to learn more about this space. Uh, Jason Harnett at the USTA is somebody you should definitely have on your show. Uh, he is uh, an amazing individual um, that has really dedicated his professional career to advancing wheelchair tennis and what he's done uh, at the USTA. Um, you know, it's really his vision um, that's that's coming to light and he'll take no credit for it. But we met with Jason about a year ago and uh, started having conversations with how the ITA can help with, with collegiate wheelchair. Um, at that time, the USOPC, the NCA, were starting to become more interested in this space. Tennis has really separated itself. Basketball do a great job. Para track and field is obviously another space uh, that they're interested in maybe one day becoming a true NCA sport, an emerging sport uh, within where these sports belong within an athletic depart department. They get mm -hmm. the same resources that the regular able-bodied student athletes receive. They get academic advisors. They get athlete, athletic scholarships. They get cost of attendance stipends. They get to train in the same facilities as the able-bodied. Ultimately, that's where we all wanted to go. And, and what I love about Jason is that he's playing the long game. He's not looking for overnight success. And same with us here at the ITA. We're paying the long game and having these conversations with the NCA, having these conversations with the USOPC. Um, and, and the type of structure that Jason has been able to implement at the grassroots level, he believes there's going to be a deluge of wheelchair players coming through in the next two to four years looking for places to bring their talents and, and extend their tennis career, just like the able-bodied side. So we're committed to doing whatever we can to, to help with that process. And we're actually starting a wheelchair membership. So I think, Lisa, you know that we have five divisions of, of college tennis. We have a membership category for each division. We're changing our bylaws in a few weeks to now extend to a wheelchair uh, collegiate division. And so, um, you know, it's early days, we've much to learn, but we're going to implement or integrate wheelchair tennis, you know, awards, coach education, uh, tournaments, rankings, governance, everything that we do on the able body side, we'll be doing for wheelchair tennis. So I'm, I'm super excited about the direction it's going. So how many participants did y'all have this year? Do you know? Yeah, so we had um, we had about ten teams. Uh, teams were anywhere from two to about six players. Mm -hmm. um, the way it's currently set up is that 
there's an affiliate. So you can be an affiliate of the university. Maybe you're the partner of a professor. Maybe you're a professor yourself. Maybe you work in the canteen. I don't know. You know, you, so, so you're allowed to be an affiliate member, even if you're um, practicing with the team on a regular basis, you're showing up for practice. So right now, the eligibility requirements are very loose just to gain some momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the players there are, are true student athletes taking, you know, full-time academic schedule and others are affiliate members and then you've others in between. And so, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it, they, they were playing a dual match. Uh, so it's, it's a doubles followed by two singles. So okay. two out of the three win the dual match. And then they had um, singles draws uh, later in the day, just like we do on the able-bodied side. So yeah. it was, um, yeah, so something that they've they've hovered the last few years between kind of eight and 12 teams. Sometimes teams go away because if you don't have a true champion on the campus and a player graduates and, you know, a coach leaves or something like that, um, the team goes away, unfortunately. And, and so how do we create that momentum going forward and, and not put the brakes on it? We, it's easy for people to come in and say, okay, full-time students only. And then you, you lose that momentum. So we, we have to be very careful with the timing. Mm-hmm. When do we start introducing some eligibility components to it? What do the NCA ex- expect? you know, they need to lead us a little bit over what timeline. Um, so lot, lots going on, um, lots to learn, but, but like I said, playing the long game here, Lisa. I love that. I love that. Well, given that when this airs, we will be into May, which means a wind down of the academic year. I really want to talk about the ITA summer circuit, what the plans are for this year, how people sign up, um, you know, what the different pathways are through the summer circuit, et cetera. So lead us through that discussion. Sure. Yeah. We, um, memberships are open right now. So if, if uh, a player wants to purchase a membership for the summer, they can go on our website. Um, there's various banners there and, and different places they can go. They'll find it easily or just type in the search bar, um, summer circuit, and they'll find all the details they'll need. So they can buy their membership now. It's $35 for a membership and then play as many tournaments as they want throughout the summer. Um, they do have an entry fee as, uh, aligned with each. Uh, so I don't want to make mm-hmm. them say they pay $35 and then all the tournaments are free. Um, you know, we take a, a tiny percentage of most of the money goes to the, the coaches and um, they're the ones that run the tournament and they either use it to help with ongoing costs they have or help with assistant pay, et cetera. And so we have about 60 tournaments on college campuses wow. over um, yeah, a six-week period. It, it culminates with a summer ITA Summer National Championship in Tallahassee at Florida State. And so uh, players pick up points. The top five uh, receive a travel stipend to uh, travel out to Florida State. And, and uh, the winners of that event get wild cards into our ITA All-American Championships in the fall. So um, so we have about, it's about a 50, 50 split. You have about 50% uh, are, are participants are college players, 
and the other 50% are rising junior seniors that are getting ready to, to maybe play in college next year or in the next couple of years. So I think it's a healthy mix, a healthy balance of, of, uh, levels uh it will be you know uh, categorized by wtn this year so they'll have different draws it depends on number of entries but trying to keep players in a similar wtn range um to make sure they get competitive matches and get what they need so uh yeah so they can check it out we are collegetennis.com and, and they can find all the details there and we'll have the links in the show notes on parentingaces.com as well um, just to kind of dig in a little deeper, the ITA summer circuit, you said it's open to high school players, college players. Um, is there an automatic acceptance if you sign up for the event or are the draws limited or does that vary tournament to tournament? It varies tournament to tournament. So so the players, parents, whoever signing up, they, they definitely need to go in and, and look at the different criteria for each tournament. But my experience is, Lisa, that they most of the time most of the players get in a very high percentage every so often it, it doesn't work out court limitations number of days etc but for the most part if you're entered and you know you're 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 committed to to playing the sport if you're playing the summer circuit tournaments you're you're a serious tennis player right and so um i think you'll find opportunities there as as needed and just to clarify most of the events have both singles and doubles. Um, most of them have a consolation bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it depends on court availability and timing and all of that. But um, I, it's an incredible opportunity for junior players to test their mettle against existing college players and to understand what it looks like to be on the court with a collegiate player. I mean, that was when my son did it, which was, you know, however many years ago now, but um, I thought it was such an eye-opening experience for him to realize that certain aspects of his game were absolutely on track and ready for him to play in college. And then there were other aspects that still needed a little bit of work to get him over that hump and ready to get recruited and be competitive in college. For, for sure. Yeah, there's so many benefits. And then being on a college campus as well, being on those courts, maybe you've gone to watch some of those matches and now you're getting to play on the courts and getting to speak with other college players, even just about their experience. You know, maybe you play somebody and you you hit it off and, hey, tell me about your process. How did you end up at this college and what advice would you have for me? And, um, you know, getting to interact with the coaches there that are running the tournament and it's I I as I used to be a college coach as you know at the University of Oklahoma and I ran these every summer and and I love them I absolutely yeah. I got to know all these players uh, from other schools from other parts of the countries and and just hearing about their stories you'd have some guys who you know three of them sleeping in a car driving around from one to the other and and um, and then everything in between you know we'd have some players come in that we were recruiting so we get a chance to to watch them right in front of us which and and get them to interact with some of our players and then yeah an opportunity for our players who are either local or um you know there for summer school getting them to to uh to to participate so they're great they're great events it's been they've been going on i don't know lisa for 30 years it's evolved it continues to evolve and and hopefully continue to get better Right. I, I It's one of my favorite offerings of the ITA, I have to be honest with you, because I feel like for junior players, there's no better way to see where you stand and to understand, 
you know, like I said, the work that still needs to be done between the current day and the day you matriculate onto a college campus. And, and like you were saying, Dave, you know, and I, I tell kids and parents this all the time, if you're going to be at these events, use it as a networking opportunity, talk to players from different schools, ask the hard questions because you you'll get more candid information from the players than you might get from the coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, the players are a little freer with their opinions and their um, willingness to share some of the nitty gritty of what it means to be a student athlete on their particular campus. Yeah. And they're going through it right now. I mean, they're, they're closest to that experience. Yeah. I mean, even people ask me advice. I, I, I'm, I, I'm reluctant to provide the advice sometimes because I'm, I'm so far removed from that process now and it's changed. I mean, mm-hmm. again, coming from Ireland in 1998 with no internet to what it is now, it's, it's uh, the process has evolved dramatically. I just went through it with my eldest son on the soccer side. So mm-hmm. It's um, I guess I'm I'm I uh, refamiliarize myself with that that process. But uh, yeah, any any chance you get to just soak up and learn from others, whether it's on the court, off the court, uh, take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Shifting gears a little bit, because, you know, the big news of the year with collegiate tennis in terms of American players is the affiliate ship partnership. I don't know what the terminology is, but with USTA and world tennis number and um, kind of severing ties a little bit with universal tennis, moving away from UTR into WTN. Can you kind of bring us up to speed on, on how that's working so far and what may be coming down the pike for junior players that they need to be aware of? Yeah. Um, so we have it's what's it's a shared initiatives agreement with the USTA is is okay. what it's called. So there's there's several buckets that we're working together on and making sure we're not duplicating efforts because mm-hmm. USTA also have a collegiate department. They also have a collegiate pathway committee um, that I've sat on in the past and and um, volunteers trying to uh, provide advice and feedback and brainstorming ideas on on different things that we can do. And so um, we've had you know non-stop meetings as you can imagine uh lisa uh, over the last several years and and uh figuring out who's doing what in in what space and and how do we best leverage the resources that we have in front of us and i think one area i think the usta and the ita recognize is that there just hasn't been a lot of great advice out there on, on the pathway to college tennis you've been filling the void a lot of other folks have been filling that void and and how do we assist with that process? How do we ensure that if you're a young student athlete, 14 years old, say freshman in high school, you want to go down this pathway, you need to find places to go to get that advice. So how, how do we provide better advice online? How do we work more closely with maybe the USTA sections? One idea we piloted last year was actually a regional coaches workshop in, in Chicago. So I think, you know, Lisa, we do an annual coaches convention, which is coming up in a few weeks time in Lake Nona during the NCAA championships. But the we're trying to figure out what is the future of conventions? I, I understood in 1988, if you wanted to learn from Nick Boliteri, you had to go fly to Florida and go to some convention he was presenting at. But 
in 2023 in this virtual world is that necessary it's very expensive it's expensive for us to run it's expensive for our coaches to be there so could we work on these regional workshops so we did it last year in in chicago it was a, a 11 a.m to 7 p.m so coaches within three hours could drive be there for the day get back it's a full day but it's it's worthwhile we had college coaches, we had high school coaches, we had uh, academy coaches there all learning from one another. And we got some feedback from them, what would make this more worthwhile? And they all said, well, um, maybe a, a showcase mm-hmm. where we can come and recruit. Maybe it's the day before, maybe it's half day of a showcase, half day of, of coach education. And so this is something we really want to start trying to pilot here over the next year. Uh, maybe it happens a day before a sectional close tournament. And so the coaches come in on a Friday, full day of, of coach education. They stay overnight and Saturday, Sunday, Monday, et cetera, they're recruiting at this event. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I definitely encourage parents, players to be on the lookout for those opportunities. Uh, maybe the coach education piece also helps get more coaches there and they feel like there's more value. They can either use their coach education development fund or their recruiting fund to get them there. Um, so this this is an area where I think us at the ITA and our bandwidth is is so limited. I mean, there's so many things we could be doing, should be doing. We're doing we're starting a student athlete council in in you know next next year. I mean, there, everybody has ideas. It's it's what can we actually do. But usually we have to give something up. So maybe are we giving up the convention to focus on those regional workshops? Maybe and no decision's been made yet. But those are things that we a combination of virtual opportunities and in person. And I think the USTA and the USTA sections are all on board with college tennis. I think you know, Lisa, for many mm-hmm. years there wasn't a huge amount of interest. You know, the fact that we're getting interest now from the ITF from the ATP, you know, about our accelerator program. Um, people are paying attention to college tennis like never before. And that's that's exciting for yeah. you and I who are so passionate about the sport. The fact that all these other entities now are taking note and investing in college tennis is, it's exciting. And we've got to manage that momentum and, and make sure we take advantage of it. Sure, sure. The thing I think is so cool about these regional coach workshops is the fact that you're integrating the junior coaches, because one of my big complaints for years has been that the junior coaches don't really understand anything beyond the top tier D1 programs. They're they're really knowledgeable about those Mm -hmm. and how, you know, what it takes to get there. But they're not as knowledgeable about the rest of Division One, Two, Three, NAIA, junior colleges. I mean, and there are some incredible playing opportunities. Oh yeah. And the majority of junior tennis players aren't going to those top tier D one schools. Mm-hmm. And so when families and coaches are complaining that you know these teams are made up of you know majority international players and there's no spots for our kids. There are plenty of college tennis opportunities for American kids. There are plenty of college tennis scholarships available if you broaden the scope, if you widen that funnel. And I believe that that starts with the junior coaches getting educated Mm. and then in turn educating the families that they're coaching about these different opportunities. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Everyone in that pathway uh, along that timeline 
needs to be better informed and they've got to take responsibility for that as well. And, and there, there is lots of information out there, but how do we make sure we're pointing everybody in the right direction with the most up-to-date information, the most helpful information. And, and again, doing a better job of spreading that word. I mean, yes, if we say there's 5,000 student athletes in tennis graduating here in the next you know, a few weeks, mm -hmm. 5,000 opportunities for the sake of math, we'll say 2,500 on the men's side, 2,500 on the women's side. I think there's two or 300 players in the US that maybe play 10 tournaments or more per year. I don't know the exact number. So let's say there's another 2,000 positions there that that need to be filled. A lot of those, yeah, there's, there's international uh, component to that. Uh, but there's so many great, I mean, I've been exposed now at the ITA. Again, my experience was at the top of Division One, right. but I've been exposed to all these coaches, all these programs at every division, and they're fantastic. I mean, they're yeah. just there's so many there's so many great opportunities out there. And I, like I said, I've just seen my my son go through this process and players on his soccer team. And every sport has the same mentality. Or, or the parents, the players, they think they only think of the top of Division One, and mm -hmm. then they leave it so late, and then they're out of opportunities, and now they're kicking themselves because they didn't take that D three opportunity that now looks amazing, and they jump at it, and they regret it, and, yeah. and so it's just keeping an open mind, and and um, uh, I I. I yeah, we can keep preaching at least. I listen right. to the time and I know you're constantly open your mind to these opportunities. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, have these these student athletes. I mean, that's something uh, it was easy for me. I said to guide my son because he was very, you know, we for many years were speaking about what's your criteria? What are you right. looking for? He knew he wanted to be in a in a, an urban setting. We'd lived in Oklahoma for eight years. He's like, I want to be in a city. Yeah. He didn't care about the weather. He wanted a, a good business school. He wanted to go somewhere where he could make an impact on the team straight away. He wanted to go somewhere where he could get a good scholarship. Um, uh, ideally, he wanted to be somewhere close to family if possible. And I mean, extended family. Mm -hmm. And so he's ended up at DePaul in Chicago. He's on a great uh, scholarship. He'll go in August. Um, you know, everything that he listed out, he ticked all those boxes, but he kept an open mind, even though I knew he could play at the division one level. At very early, his, his list, Lisa was, I mean, we had 30, 40 schools yeah. from all divisions. And and he kept an open mind to it, even though, okay, you're saying you want to play pro soccer, you want to play in a in a top conference, Division One, etc. We don't know what's going to happen, so keep an open mind. And I, fortunately, it all worked out. We we did the work, we did the research, etc. But his initial list was was wide open. Yeah, I love that. I love that, and it's important. You know, there are different experiences to be had at different schools and you know the the top tier d1 experience isn't for every player no. it's, it isn't for every family i mean it is a very different experience to play at a division one school that's competing for a national championship versus even playing for a division one school that's not competing for an national championship and and is real about that you know understands that the limitations of what they have to offer um versus playing at d2 d3 so i i 
I'm glad to hear that your son had a positive recruiting experience and that he seems to have found his right fit. Um, I'll, I'll be curious to check in with you next year and see how that first year goes. But, um, you know, I think when you put that effort in to define what it is you want, what you're looking for, and listen, a 14, 15 year old, even an 18 year old doesn't always know exactly what they want, but at least get the thought process going and entertain the various options and give yourself the best chance of finding the right fit by visiting a variety of schools, by interacting with a variety of coaches and players from those schools and understanding what the experience is like. Yeah. Yeah. I actually spoke with a family, an Irish family here in, in Phoenix, Arizona, whose daughter is a junior um, and she's dealt with a lot of injuries recently. Mm-hmm. And they honestly, Lisa, they had no idea that all these opportunities existed. Mm-hmm. You know, they had gone to some Arizona State matches and, and uh, U of A matches, and and you know Stanford's coming in and Cal's coming in, and and they quite genuinely thought these were the only opportunities to play college tennis. And when I sat down with them and you know showed them all the opportunities, say in the Southwest in California at the different divisions, explained kind of the different philosophies. You know, Division three doesn't have have athletic scholarships. I talked about tennis on campus and their eyes were, and and they were so relieved because they thought her window was closed. There was no way she could play college tennis. She's had these injuries. It's like, no, there's, there, there's a whole world out there for her. If this is what she wants to do, it's just figuring out what her criteria is. And with those injuries, tennis hasn't, you know, her academics have come to the forefront and she wants to find that balance. She's recognized that the top of division one, what's happening in Arizona state, like you said, that wouldn't be a good fit for her, even if she was able to play there. Um, And she wants a lot more balanced experience in college. So uh, yeah, just keep an open mind. Yeah, for sure. All right. Last thing I really want to dig into is this new student athlete council and how that came about um, and what it's charged with doing this first year. Yeah, so this is one of the ideas that uh, when we sit around the, the boardroom table with our board members and, and um, this is an idea that's that's bubbled up over the last year or so. And I think if you're looking at the tea leaves a little bit more and, and focus, you know, recognizing what the NCA are, are working on and there's a lot more student involvement, uh, student athlete involvement in. Thank NCAA. goodness. <laughs> Yeah, and giving that feedback, it's another perspective that absolutely is is necessary and required. And you also have to, again, get the right people. You have to get the right people on these committees, whether regardless of age or experience. So um, this is something we felt like, okay, let's give this a go. Uh, Let's have, um, again, representation from each of the five divisions, actually six divisions, as we talked about, wheelchair tennis. So. We're going to have 10 student athletes. Um, the uh, application period will start in May. It's it's a, a two-part process. So if they get through the first round, there's another application they need to go through and write a letter. I mean, we we want those that are fully committed to, to being part of this process and really taking ownership of it. It's not that myself or Tim Russell or somebody else is coming up with the agenda and... and 
speaking over everybody. And it's no, you guys work together. We have an executive committee. We'll get on as you need us. We'll be on, you know, on a semi-regular basis uh, as required. Um, but we want that feedback from from, from you guys. Mm-hmm. So the first meeting will be scheduled sometime in September. And really they're charged with providing feedback on how the student athlete experience as a college tennis can be better. What can the ITA do? What can the USTA to influence uh, that, whether it's with our championships um, that we do as the ITA, the NCAA championships, our summer circuit, uh, how might the USTA be be more involved? Um, you know, do they have ideas around marketing? How do we better market our college tennis? Uh, what is their age group? What is their demographic? I mean, a lot of people are talking about linear TV. Well, yeah, you and I, Lisa, watch linear TV, but but my 17-year-old doesn't. Right. You know, so what are we doing for this next generation? What is that mix? Uh, you know, what are some of the things that we could be doing to better celebrate our student athletes and our teams and our coaches? Um, so it's really just adding a new, fresh perspective. Obviously, we get lots of feedback from our coaches, uh, board of directors, various volunteer staff members, but traditionally we haven't had that feedback from the student athletes. And then how do we keep them in the game longer? So now they've served on this committee. They're invested in college tennis. Hopefully they've had a great experience. And, hey, let's keep you in the tennis industry. Uh, and, and there's lots of different opportunities within the tennis industry. You know, it can look differently for everybody. If you're not, you know, if you want to go be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it is, there's all these volunteering opportunities and we need fresh people. We need fresh faces. We need the next generation of tennis volunteers coming through because every year that that group's getting older and older and, and we need the next generation to come in and protect our sport for following generations. So, yeah. so again, we'll learn a lot. We'll get feedback in this first year and, and hopefully continue to make it better and, and, and apply uh, some of the, the things that they're looking for us to do. I love that. So to begin with, it sounds like it's going to be more of sort of an advisory council where they come together, share ideas amongst themselves, and then present those to the ITA and hopefully partner with the, well, not partner with, but utilize the resources of the ITA and its relationship with the USTA and the NCAA to implement the -hmm. things that need to be changed or upgraded or started for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. you've articulated it far better than I have. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love this whole idea that then these committee members, these advisory group members are, you know, after their college tennis years are finished, now they're the champions for the sport. They're the spokespeople out in their communities, in their respective industries. As you said, even if they choose a path that doesn't involve making a living from tennis, they're still championing, championing, I can't even say the word, the sport, um, you know, with among their peers in whatever industry they're in, but also hopefully getting involved by volunteering for local junior tournaments, local college matches um, at their local high schools and really talking up the college tennis experience and the value to be gained from playing college tennis in some way, shape or form, whether that's varsity or tennis on campus or 
simply, you know, being a, a supporter of the team on your campus. Yeah, I think I think that's one of, uh, and we'll have several staff members involved, but I think that's maybe the most important thing to me. I I, I do worry about our sport, Lisa, and, and sure. worry that uh, other um, young individuals coming through won't have the same opportunities that I had, and and. Um, and also, you can imagine, you know, if, if these student athletes sit on this council for two, three years, maybe what they're learning behind the scenes, they start recognizing, oh, OK, that there there are constraints um, because, you know, people throw out, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't, yeah. You know, it's, it's so easy. These people are idiots. You know, we've got all the answers. And for them to at an early age, see some of those constraints, what are some of those limitations? Um, you know, how do we best deploy limited resources um, that certain decisions are more complicated than they actually seem on the outset for them to start learning that at age 20, 21, 22, and then be able to infiltrate other committees, um, maybe make an impact a little faster because, you know, you sit on committee and first year you might be like, oh, I don't want to say anything because I'm just not used to this. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where these student athletes go how do we at the ita keep them involved how do we ensure they stay involved and match them with maybe careers in tennis opportunities maybe someday they're working with us at the ita maybe someday they're sitting in my seat which fantastic but but we've got to get them involved and and keep them involved for as many decades as possible we just can't always rely on the same volunteers year in year out to to do the heavy lifting yeah. Well, not to mention the resume value of serving oh, yeah. on a committee like this, you know, um, and and I I spoke with um, I had coach you on the podcast recently. And I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're kind of taking advantage of the NIL rules to mm. provide mentoring opportunities for existing college tennis players to mentor junior players and yeah. to get paid for that. And, you know, gaining that skill set um, of sitting on a council, of working as a group to problem solve, to generate new ideas and see them from, you know, idea to implementation and understanding how you get funding for things, understanding that sometimes when funding's not available, you have to get really creative and find other ways to make things happen. All of that is so valuable for these student athletes to take into their next stage. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, you know, kids that are pursuing tennis at a high level don't typically have opportunities to have summer jobs or jobs during school. They don't have time to gain that type of experience. Mm -hmm. And so this is an opportunity to really gain some valuable skills that they can take into their next steps. Yeah, no, we we think so. And and hopefully that will be worth the trouble of of applying. And and they do see there's something on the the other end of it while providing that feedback to us. I mean, really what we do, I mean, we're a coaches association slash governing body, but really what we're doing is putting together an infrastructure for college tennis. We do all the boring stuff. We certify officials. We make the rules. You know, we work on legislation with the NCA stuff that you know, most people don't want to do, we're doing that, but that for the infrastructure for these student athletes to play, Mm -hmm. Uh, ultimately we're serving our coaches and it's kind of a coach membership, team membership, but it's really an infrastructure for these student athletes. So 
let's give them a say in in what that looks like and and um yeah let's see let's see what comes through here in the next year I love it. I love it. Well, Dave, before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, is there anything I haven't asked you about that um, the ITA is doing that we all need to know? Well, uh, not necessarily ITA. I just love to give a plug for the NCA combined championships here in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, hopefully your listeners know that for the first time ever, the NCA are combining division one, division two, division three over kind of a 10-day period um so each event will kind of bleed into the other division it'll start with division two as that's ending division three will be starting as that's ending division one will be starting and so um yeah the the uh, we're going to have our convention out there we're going to have our men's hall of fame induction ceremony uh, going on it's going to be a true celebration of of college tennis and so we just ask your listeners to follow along at wearecollegetennis.com. We'll have all the links to the streaming and um, television and times and uh, everything else they'll need to know following the draw uh, for for the various different matches that are going on. So, um, yeah, just really want to plug that and get as many people who have even a vague interest just tuning in. Uh, and and mm-hmm. so checking it out, I mean, the better our social media impressions are or the viewership the more that people will take notice of college tennis. So anything people can do to support that if they're out there in, in Florida and can buy tickets and want to come out and watch, uh, please do that as well. Um, it's so fun. It's oh so God. fun. Incredible. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And, and that's the thing when you watch it on television, that's one of the limitations. You don't capture because it's six courts. It's hard yeah. to capture that same feeling, but you go to a, a dual match at that time of year with all the the pressure um and the 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 parody right i mean these there it's inches yeah. uh, between these these teams and so yeah if anybody's within a reasonable driving distance of lake nona uh between you know may 10th and and may 20th i guess um the individual nca uh, d1 individual tournament will be may 22nd to the 26th uh, but if you can get there for the for the team dual match, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. So fun. So fun. Well, kudos to everybody involved in making that happen. I'm anxious to follow this year and kind of see how the logistics work. And it's a lot of matches to bring them on the yeah, campus, no. but the campus is massive. So um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing only good things. Dave, thanks again for coming on. And um, again, the website for the ITA, wearecollegetennis.com. Follow them on social media. They are very active on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Do y'all have a TikTok too? I don't even know. You have a TikTok now. Okay. Yeah, that's that's outside my wheelhouse. But um, yeah, definitely follow along because... That way you get to learn about the different divisions, the different schools in each division, the different players and why they're choosing the schools and divisions they're choosing. And, you know, you guys have have really stepped up your efforts in showcasing players, showcasing coaches across the various divisions. Um, when I first got involved, you know, it seemed everything was D1, 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 and the rest of it was kind of tucked away and you had to really dig to find information. But kudos to the ITA for for starting to shine a, a big old bright light on every division of college tennis and everyone involved in those various divisions and teams. So yeah. I think 
you know, anything we can do to help the public understand that college tennis is not limited to top tier division one. There's so much more. So much more. No, thank you for recognizing that. And as a former coach, yeah, I've seen the evolution of the ITA and, you know, been a privilege to be part of of, uh, any improvements over the last several years. But yeah, we're just going to continue to do that. There's nowhere else you can go to really learn about all the different stories of the coaches and the players and the teams. We're getting into our award season right now. So We'll have our player and coaches award announcements in early June. Then we get into our academic awards and we'll be celebrating. Again, we don't, you know, we don't see the different, you know, a student athlete experience at one division versus another. They're still having hopefully a great experience and learning a lot and, and making lifelong friendships and getting their their um education and everything else that comes with it. So um, you know, a lot of people want to focus on the entertainment value at the top. I didn't get into college coaching uh, because I thought it was a great product to watch, uh, which I do believe it's a great product to watch. Yeah. I got into it because of those life lessons, the experiences that I had as a college coach. Uh, no, as a college player, the the influence the college coach I had had on me. And um, that's why we get into it. So the, the all those stories are important. Nobody's better or worse than anybody else. That's great. That one player has a better forehand. Uh, who cares? You yeah. know, the character <laughs> and integrity of that individual and, and what are they trying to give back to society? And, and so there's just so much more to it. There's so many more layers to it. So any individuals looking to uh, learn more, check out the rankings. You know, sometimes that's a good starting point for recruits. Okay, let me see the the rankings and get familiar with some of these school names at the different divisions. And they might not recognize they have this juggernaut of a D2 program in their backyard that right. they didn't know about. And they go on, they see, oh my God, this, this school's ranked three in the country and have these amazing players. And so yeah, utilize our website. It's it's not perfect. There's a lot of information on there, but it's a, it's a million times better than it was five years ago. And we'll continue to refine and make it better, make it easier for people to find results, uh, find uh, rankings and, and any other information that they need to, to help with this process. Love it. Love it. Well, Dave, it's always a pleasure to see you and to speak with you and to learn from you and uh, keep up the great work. And, you know, we're here anytime there's information that needs to be shared with the Parenting Aces audience. You you have an open invitation, you, Tim, Danielle, whoever, whoever wants to come on and talk. We love having you. So um, appreciate your time. Thank you, Lisa. This has been fun as always. Good. To my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.